there was a very great person by the name of Hill Potacher. The Tzemach Tzedek said about him, he's half a chassid. Not because half a chassid and half of him would not be a chassid, wouldn't listen, but because he himself was a great tzaddik, so it's like half of him was like a rebbe, was like a big tzaddik. And when he grew up, he first was, wasn't a chassid of the Chabad Rebbe. He ended up becoming a chassid of the Alt Rebbe, the Mitzvah Rebbe, and the Tzemach Tzedek. But he started off, his father was a chassid of the Tzadik of Mordechai Chernobyl. And even before his Bar Mitzvah, he was a very, very great genius in Torah. And he knew, he knew so many things by heart in Gemara and also in, in Kabbalah Svarim. But he ended up, even though he learned so much and served the Shem so greatly, he ended up coming to learn Chassidus Chabad. The first thing that affected him, that he realized he, he needs to do more and serve Hashem even better and learn Chassidus that way the Alter Rebbe teaches, is that he once saw the Rebbe's Shaddar, his messenger, by the name of Zalman Zezmer. And when he came to see him, he saw he was, how he was wrapped up in his tefillin and saying Shema Yisrael. And he saw how he said Shema Yisrael with such a deep co- concentrating, such deep thinking and feeling about Hashem that just standing around him, he felt all shaken up. Wow, how this person was davening so powerfully. And just from then he realized, wow, this person is serving Hashem greater than I could do. I, I need to learn from him. So he started asking him something about Barchsidis, we heard what Barchsidis is, we want to ask you a question or something. And when he started explaining to him, he was amazed and said, You know, I learned so many different things in Torah, in Gemara, in Kabbalah, but I never learned this. All these things of Chsidis, Chabad, that he's telling, I want to do more. So this Hidal Panachir, he decided that he wanted to meet the Alter Rebbe, the Rebbe himself. And, and hear, hear him teach Torah, let me speak to him. So it was very interesting that somehow from Shemayim, from heaven, they decided, they arranged, that the Hillel Padasher never actually got to see the Alter Rebbe's face. He went sometimes to go meet him. I think one time he went, and there was so packed of people, he was able to hear the Alter Rebbe speak, but he couldn't see where the Alter Rebbe was. Like, and other times he tried to go meet the Alter Rebbe, and every time he would come somewhere, oh, the Alter Rebbe left already. He never got to meet him somehow. So he really wanted to see the Rebbe. He said, you know what? I'm going to make sure I see the Rebbe this time. He found out where's the Alter Rebbe about to go, where he's about to travel to. And he went there before the Alter Rebbe came, found out which house the Alter Rebbe is going to go stay by. And he somehow snuck in, and he even snuck inside the bedroom. Usually, uh, I don't think such a... One of us shouldn't do that, would never do that. But Hillel Parcher was a special tzaddik, and he had a special reason he was doing it. And he hid it under the bed. He said, this way for sure, and I see the Alter Rebbe. And he had prepared a question. A question in a Gemara called Erchin. He was a very big genius in Torah. He had a question, and he, he wanted to ask the Alter Rebbe something. So when the Alter Rebbe walked in the room, so he was hiding under the bed. And a regular person wouldn't, wouldn't know someone's there. Someone's quiet, hiding under a bed. Alter Rebbe walked in, and he right away started saying, like in a sing voice, when a young man comes and he has a question in the Gemara, the, the Talmud of Erchin, he should first check himself out 
to make sure he's really serving Hashem properly before he asks his questions. And why did the Alter say that? He walked in the room and said that was because there was a young man in the room hiding under the bed and a question about Erechin. So Hillel Parcher heard that and he was so shocked. At first of all, seeing the Alter Rebbe Ruach the Navi of Hashem, that he was able to tell under the bed is hiding and what he had in his mind ready to say. And also the message the Alter Rebbe was telling him before you come and ask the question, you have to first check yourself out, make sure you're serving Hashem the right way. He was so shocked about it, he fainted. By the time he woke up, the Alter Rebbe already left. So he didn't get to see the Alter Rebbe then either. So he never ended up seeing the Alter Rebbe. And then there came the war. There was a war between France and Russia. The leader of France was Napoleon, who was a big Russia. He was an evil person. And the Alter Rebbe helped the Russian government, the Tsar, fight against Napoleon. And Napoleon, at first, his armies were going more and more and were winning, were coming more into Russia. So the Alter Rebbe had to run away. Took his whole family, a settlement with a bunch of wagons, and they ran away. And while they were running away, there's a whole long story about it, all the details. Could be have a different story recorded, is that the Altar passed away when while he was running away. So the Alter, so the Vilpach never got to the Alter Rebbe. But after the Alter Rebbe passed away, so the Alter Rebbe's son, Dave Bear, became the who's known as the Mitzvah Rebbe, became the next Rebbe. And Hilopadacha went to go meet the Mitzvah Rebbe. He wanted to become, and he became a chassid of the Mitzvah Rebbe. So now, Hilopadacha, he himself was a very, very great person and a big genius in Torah, and he himself was, was a tzaddik. But hear from, hear from the stories. So when he was by his Rebbe, by the Chernobyl, so they wouldn't want Hilopadacha to leave. He was such a special person. They loved him there. They didn't want him to leave and go somewhere else. So he spoke to his wife and said, you know, I think I want to go travel to the Mithra Rebbe to learn from him. And she didn't realize she was supposed to keep it a secret, and she mentioned it, you know, to her parents. <gasps> her parents got so upset. You mean your husband's going to leave? We're in Chernobyl, Chassidus. He's going to leave us and go somewhere else, go to, go to the Mithra Rebbe? They mentioned it to their Rebbe, the Mordechai of Chernobyl, and the Mordechai Chernobyl was also upset. He didn't want Hilparacher to leave him. So he said, call him over to me. Let him come to, come to me. And when Hilparacher came, and he said, you really want to leave me? He said, well, I want to go learn Chassidus Chabad. I want to learn more. So Mordechai Chernobyl was upset about it. He wanted him to stay. So he told his family, Hilparacher's family, don't let him leave. Make, watch him. Make sure he doesn't leave. So they even told the wagon drivers... If Hillel Padachir is going to ask you to take him on a ride somewhere, you know, to go to a different town, don't take him. Instead, just tell us instead. Make sure, to make sure he shouldn't escape the town. So they're watching him, people standing around watching him, make sure he doesn't run away. So, okay. And he realized they're watching him. They don't want to let him go. So he has to think how to escape. So for a few days or even for a few weeks, he acted normal, like nothing's happening. He'd wake up, go to Davin, go learn Torah, then the base Medrash. He'd learn Torah most of the day come back home and they're watching watching he's not trying to run away okay so after a while they calmed down they weren't watching him so strong finally when he realized they're not watching him so so strictly early one morning he took his talus and tefillin and he walked out of the house like he's going to shul and as soon as he looked around and saw no one's watching him he started walking very very quick to go to the next town to, to leave the town 
And even the next town, he was worried, maybe people will know who he was, and they also might know, not let him escape. He went to the next town, kept on walking, 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 until he finally got pretty far. And he got farther away, the place that people didn't know where he was, who he was. He finally came to farther, further away town, and people saw a Yid, and he looked all you know, sweaty, going with the Talisad film, and they said, um, what, what happened to you? Where are you going? He said, oh, I need to go to um, Abroisk. It's a little further away, a place pretty far away. So the Yid were nice, you know, the Yid are always kind. They said, okay, here, they got him together the money he didn't have to help him pay for a ride, a wagon. And they got on the wagon and started going. So now I could go faster and escape before they could catch him. And he was afraid, maybe they're still going to try to catch me, run after me. So go quicker, quicker, quicker. Uh, they started making the horse go faster and faster. And while they were going, they started speeding away, the wagon kind of made a sharp turn. It was going too fast. The wagon flipped over. And Hillel fell off the wagon, and he fell on the ground. And he even got stuck underneath the wagon. But by a miracle, it seems like him, the driver, no one got hurt. He fell off, was fell on the ground, uh, and they kept on going. Finally, he escaped, and he traveled to the Babish, and he came to the Mitterebbe. So now, when he came to the Mitterebbe, he told the Rebbe, Listen, I came to you because I want to be your chassid, I want to look at your chassidus, but I'm afraid that maybe I got the Maitad, the Gemara Chachanobel, upset. And everybody knew, you make sure never ever to get a tzaddik upset. Never be anything a little anything will get the tzaddik upset. Because in Shemayim, in heaven, they're very, very careful. If anybody does anything not nice to a tzaddik, they a lot of times get punished very quick. If a tzaddik ever gets upset at someone, a lot of times the person they get upset at would just end up dying or something would happen to them. Because the tzaddik is very special. They said, you know, my tzaddik told me not to leave, you know, or is, or is always connected to him, Mordechai Chernobyl, and I did. I don't know how much I should get punished for it. And the Mithra Rebbe calmed down and said, don't worry. And anyways, it could be sometimes in the middle of traveling, a wagon could flip over. And then a person could fall on the ground and like be facing up to the sky. So if you had to get any punishment, you know, that's already a punishment. So he didn't tell the Mithra Rebbe what happened, how he fell off the wagon. The Mithra told him, it could be sometimes when someone's traveling, a wagon can flip and someone can fall off and lie up like space in the sky. The Mithra Rebbe knew with his Ruach HaKadosh, because he's a tzaddik. So if he had to get any punishment, that, that was it already. So he realized, phew, wow. So it wasn't for nothing I fell off the wagon. It was uh, something in Shemaim. And, but now everything I'm going to get fine. I'm not going to get punished anymore. Now, a very big mission that Abayim, the Mitzvah Rebbe gave to Lil Panacher was to take care of, there's a, a lot, a lot of Jewish people who lived in areas of Ukraine. It's because during the war that I mentioned before of, of France and Russia, so many cities and many places got totally destroyed. The armies come in, they come in to take over and to, to kill people, to kill the enemies at least, and take over. So a lot of cities got burnt down and destroyed and a lot of the Jewish people were left without houses, without food, without anything. So the Tsar was very thankful to the Mitzvah Rebbe. He owed him a big thank you. And that was because his father, the Alter Rebbe, helped a lot the Tsar to win the war. 
The Alter Rebbe did a lot of things in Shemayim in heaven. He davened, and when he blew a shofar on Rosh Hashanah, he made sure he should win. And he also did things in this physical world. He also sent, one of the famous things he did, is he sent one of his big chassidim to be a spy, to go be friends with the French army and the French generals and find out their plans and send information to the Russian army so the Russian army should know what the French army is planning on doing so they could be prepared. Or they're going to want to, let's say they want to do a surprise attack right over there when you're not looking. Oh, if they know beforehand, they could be ready for it and bring extra soldiers and be ready for them to come. A lot of things that the Altarebbe helped and also through this uh, chas, was a spy. So the Tsar was very thankful to Altarebbe. The Altarebbe passed away already. So the Tsar gave his son, the Mitlerebbe, a very great special honor. You're an honored citizen for all your generations, all your children. And also thanked him and said, do you need anything? You know, can I do you a favor back? So he said, yeah. You know, the Jewish people, a lot of them, you know, the places destroyed, they know where to live. Let them live in this big place, this big place is a land in Ukraine, and let them work on the ground. Let them grow foods and build back their life and make and get parnas and make, make make money also. Now, so the king gave permission and they got these pieces of land, but at the very beginning there was like nothing there. And the king, the Tsar, he didn't really give them too much stuff to help them, too much uh, machines and stuff. They had to it was very hard at the very beginning. They had to work very hard to build their houses, to start plowing the ground, everything. And they were so hard working in the beginning they were poor also until they got a little better off that they didn't have the ability to make yeshivas then. To make a cheder for their children to learn. So they started off and the children, okay, instead of the children sitting down learning alafes, learning chumash, learning, uh, hearing a good Jewish story, hearing about the alafes, hearing the parasha, instead they were helping their father, okay, okay can you carry this uh, plow and all these things for the ground, these seeds and help with the animals, whatever they're doing. They were busy. So the children never got to learn. So a lot of these people grew up really ignorant, knowing no, not knowing anything. So at first, the Mitzvah himself would come to visit and would, would teach them, tell my modem, tell chassidus them, they give them brachas, would give them advice. And after a while, it was it was too much the Mitzvah The Mitzvah had, for, for reasons of health, and also other things he was very busy with, he couldn't always go. So the Mitzrebbe sent Hill Paracher to go start visiting these big areas in Ukraine and to, to visit them and teach them Torah, teach them Chassidus. He did mainly three big things. One thing he did was he made sure there should be kosher food and he arranged there should be sheikhtim, people should come, a sheikh, who knows how to properly make sure animals are slaughtered to be kosher. He would collect money to do this. Another thing he would do with the help the there were Jewish soldiers over there that he would help. And he'd also help to do Pinyon Shrim, take Yidin out of jail. A lot of times there were uh, Yidin couldn't pay the rent, the Puddits, and uh, the Puddits said, You didn't pay me, okay, I'll throw you in jail. He would help take him out. So these people, these Yidin who lived in these places, were usually very simple. And they couldn't understand too much, too many deep things that. Hilopadisha would say. So he asked the Rebbe, Mitzvah Rebbe, my modim, the deep things in Chassidus that you teach, a lot of times it's, it's, they don't understand what I tell to them. Should I keep on saying it if they don't understand it? So the Rebbe thought and said, yeah, you should. Because 
when you're going to say the words of Torah, the words of Chassidus to them, their neshama, their soul, understands. And it's going to come down to the neshama, when it hears it, it's going to strengthen the neshama, their soul, and it's going to come down into, into their body, and they'll, they'll realize that they're going to feel the strength from their soul. Even if they don't readily right, right understand in their brain, but the neshama feels, and it's going to give them strength for everything they do in serving Hashem. Once, when Hilipadacher visited a town, so he was speaking to them, making sure people should keep halacha and keep Shabbos. He would make, you know, encourage a lot of everyone to, to keep the Torah. And he found there was one Jew who was actually rich who said, no, I'm not going to listen. I don't want to. I don't want to keep Shabbos, no matter what. So Hilipadacher said, okay, I want to go speak to him. And he went over to him, and he started nicely explaining to him how special Shabbos is, special present Hashem gave us more than that no one got it only us and it's a very special holiness when you guard Shabbos Shabbos guards you we get to daven to Hashem we get to come closer to Hashem Hashem loves us Hashem gave it to us you have to keep Shabbos it's so important and this man was very stubborn and said no I don't want to listen and to make it even worse being that he was a rich man and he had his whole business open so the other stores around said, hey, he's open on Shabbos and selling to the guy and selling to people around. If only he's open, he's going to take care of the customers and we're closed, we're going to lose money. So some people were saying, uh, should we copy him? Should we also open? It was like a little hard for some people. They were like shaking, almost we're going to keep Shabbos either. So he was begging him and said, you have to, and he didn't want to listen. Okay. That Shabbos, all of a sudden this rich Jewish man was not keeping Shabbos, got very sick. And they ran to the doctors. The doctors ran to check him out. And the doctors couldn't understand. They said, we don't know why he's sick. There's not any sickness that we know. Tried different medicines, no, nothing we could do. And he got worse and worse. And they thought he might even die. So they, his family was going crazy. The doctors can help. Oh, we heard there's a tzaddik who came, Hillel Padacher. Let's go run to, run to Hill. They came to his house. And they came crying to Hillel. Hillel, he's, he's, he's sick. Help, help. So the guests at the table try to say, oh, you know, Shabbos himilizik, it's a blessing we say on Shabbos, that on Shabbos you don't need to scream and, you know, and Hashem's going to send a cure. Hill Potter said, he turned around the words a little bit. He said, Shabbos himilizik, Shabbos is screaming. Shabbos is upset that he's not keeping Shabbos, he's embarrassing it. When Shabbos will stop screaming, when he's going to keep Shabbos, then he'll get better. So his family said, oh, aha, if we tell him to keep Shabbos, aha, they ran back home. They told him, Hillel said, if you're going to keep Shabbos, you're going to get all better. He said, okay, I agree, I'll keep Shabbos. Not only that, he sent messengers, my store now is open, he had a bunch of workers, tell them to close the store right away, no more. So it was a middle Shabbos, close the store. So they closed the store, everything, and all of a sudden, that sickness that he had disappeared. Hillel Parash was also a Tzadik Yeruch HaKadosh. They also had to see things, I guess they told him things from Shemaim. They said if they wanted to wake up Hillel Parash if he's in the middle of sleeping, which I'm sure they wouldn't wake him up for no reason. It's something extremely important they had to. Instead, they wouldn't go talk to him or touch him, just they would have an older person walk in the room. Whenever an older person would walk in the room, Hillel Parash would stand up out of respect. And if he was in the middle of sleeping, and an older person walked in the room, he also would get up and stand up out of respect. He somehow he knew middle of sleep, so if they, he was a, he had ruach hakodesh, he's able to tell when an older person comes in, and when an older person walks in, he's supposed to respect them. 
So if in the middle of sleep, they have something really important, emergency, whatever, they have to wake him up, they would just have an older person walk in, and he would stand up by himself, he would wake up right away. 